strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time this morning. Happy Friday. If you're just jumping in the car, just catching up on the news, you may have heard it. We're going to go into detail here. More pressure on the Phoenix Suns and Robert Sarver, their managing partner, who has been suspended by the NBA for one year and fined $10 million. Chris Paul, one of the, I would say, the team leader, a leader in the the Players Union as well, respected across the league, uh, put out a statement saying how disappointed he was in all of this, that he thought it was a horrible way to behave. Uh, It was echoed by his good friend, L.A. Laker player LeBron James, also a very big, well-known name around the world. They have spoken out publicly. Our questions were about sponsors and partners and other things. Well, one of the minority partners in all of this came out and called for the resignation of Robert Sarver. And then this morning, PayPal came out with a statement. Now, PayPal is a major sponsor. The PayPal logo is on the jerseys of Phoenix Suns players. I'm going to read just part of this. PayPal is a values-driven company, has a strong record of combating racism, sexism, and all forms of discrimination. We have reviewed the report of the NBA's league independent investigation into Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver and have found his conduct unacceptable and in conflict with our values. PayPal's sponsorship with the Suns is set to expire at the end of the current season. In light of the findings of the NBA's investigation, we will not renew our sponsorship should Robert Sarver remain involved with the Suns organization after serving his suspension. While we strongly reject the conduct of Robert Sarver, we remain supportive of the team, its players, and the experienced and diverse talent now leading the organization, including head coach Monty Williams, general manager James Jones, assistant general manager Morgan Cato, and senior vice president of people and culture Kim Corbett. That is PayPal's statement. So we now know they have an interim governor named Sam Garvin, uh, which everybody seems to be happy with within the organization. They have different leadership right now, uh, and it's temporary for one year unless something else happens. We have now heard that one of the uh, junior partners in all of this, uh, the vice chairman, John Najafi, uh, pulls no punches in calling for Robert Sarver's resignation in this story. He said, I cannot in good judgment sit back and allow our children and future generations of fans to think that this behavior is tolerated because of wealth and privilege. Therefore, in accordance with my commitment to helping eradicate any form of racism, sexism, and bias, as vice chairman of the Phoenix Suns, I am calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver. So more pressure, and I think the pressure from PayPal is going to be as powerful as anything else. And we talked, we've talked quite a bit about this. What will happen? Because, as you know, when people begin, important people in the organization, and I would say major sponsors and players are important people in the organization. When they began to speak out or begin to speak out and voice their displeasure, more and more people will be asked. Because what will happen now, I believe, if it isn't happening, I'm sure it's already happening, but it isn't very public yet, is other sponsors. People will go to the company Footprint, who has naming rights to the arena, and ask them, are you going to try to end your deal with them because of this? And, you know, it's like, you know, to a much, 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 much smaller degree, um, you hear me talk about uh, companies that I do business with, and, and you know I am a paid endorser um, to connect my brand with people that I'm proud to be branded with. Um, and it's a two-way street. If 
if I were to be endorsing or, or promoting to you a company I believe in, and I only promote people I believe in, and say, these are good people, do business with them, and it turned out they weren't, I would take away my endorsement. And I would come on the air and explain why and say, this is why I will no longer be connected with them. Uh, and vice versa. If I do something that doesn't uh, align itself with their values and their morals and it makes their company look bad because of their connection to me, they're going to end the endorsement with me as well. And, and that's to a much smaller degree where, you know, but it is it's the same principle, which is we think that there is an advantage. We believe that there is a, a good thing happening when we connect our brands together. And that is what PayPal said with the Phoenix Suns. That's what Footprint said to the arena as, in, as a whole, but certainly the Phoenix Suns and many others. So now will conversations be had publicly and will they start scrutinizing sponsors that don't at least come out with a statement saying uh, this is reprehensible, but we're not going to end our deal. But there are going to there will people will be asked that question. Why would you stay connected to this? Now, I don't know. I'll be and I'm being just transparent as I can be. I don't know that it's fair, but life isn't fair. You know, to say because if I if it were me, and I'm not saying I would or wouldn't, but if I were one of the companies that says, you know what, the Phoenix Suns are good again. The Phoenix Suns are Arizona. They are basketball in the state of Arizona. As a matter of fact, when it comes to sports franchises, there is no bigger franchise in any sport in Arizona than the Phoenix Suns. Recognizable name, logo, just historic, iconic, and that's what we're associated with. We want the generations of Phoenix Suns fans to know we are supporting Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Monty. Williams and those great players and those good people that are on the court every night that are not just great basketball players and a great coach, but great off the court, out of the arena as well, and the great work they do. That's what we are supporting. And you make some kind of a defense and say, that's why we're going to stay. But they're going to be asked. The pressure has now begun publicly. And for PayPal to be the first one, and they're one of the biggest sponsors of this team having their logo on the uniform, is a big deal. Now, whether or not you think, and it's so funny when I talk to people, there are some that think, A, this happened a long time ago, and there are many people in the organization said they've never seen it, so Sarver might have changed, or you know what, it is what it is, let's move on. And there are others that think this guy should never be able to be allowed to be part owner in any other sports franchise ever. And it runs the gamut. But in the end, what matters most is the Suns organization, what the players think, what the owners think, what the sponsors think. They have a big decision. They are, they are operating a very big machine that plays an important role in the culture here. Whether you like it or not, sports is a big part of our culture. And the Phoenix Suns are the sports franchise in town. With all due respect to the other sports, they were first and they are beloved in this valley. So I just think that we have to watch and see what happens. But there is going to be continuing pressure on Robert Sarver. I don't think this is going away anytime soon. And uh, I'm anxious to see. I don't think we're going to get a statement from Mr. Sarver uh, very quickly. I think it's going to be very measured. And we'll see if more people on the ownership teams come out and speak and say, hey, something's got to be done here. Or if everybody remains quiet. We'll see. It's, it's, to me, it's a very interesting conversation.
Are we headed into a global recession? There are warning signs of that. We're going to talk about what is being said and what's happening on the stock market right now and why. All of it's coming up in a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. I love it. We get people in minivans to bob their heads like this. This is when we know we got good music going. Happy Friday from the Mike Broomhead Show. Um... Looking at what's happening in the stock market, just uh, it's down right now about 370 points today over five days. The stock market is down over 1,567 points as of right now. We don't know where the day is going to finish. One month in the month, the past month, uh, this is Friday. We were just smiling. In the past month, the Dow has dropped 3,559 points in a month as of right now. Six months, it's down 3,400. Year over year, it's down 5,993 points, just under 6,000 points. So uh, this is where uh, people are concerned. And when I, when I look at this, the average person, you understand, if you're a younger person and you have a 401k, you know, you're going to hear from a lot of people. And I want to be very clear. Do not take financial advice from me. I'm telling you what most people will say. If you're invested and you're young, you have a 401k or an IRA or an investment account. They always say to younger people, and I think it's wise advice, no need to panic because it's going to come back. And it always does. And, and I agree with that. I absolutely believe that. But what this shows me, what is happening over the past year, is the experts, the people whose absolute career it is to make money, and they make money in good times, and they make money in bad times, are really skittish about the economy. They are pulling back, and they are now pulling back at a faster pace in this past week. We are hearing rumors of an interest rate hike again by the Fed that could be the largest single interest rate hike in 40 years. And it's got a lot of concerns for people. People are worried about eventually because it doesn't affect mortgages right away. And people need to know that, that once you see that, it affects it eventually. But it doesn't affect mortgages the same way. But what ends up happening here is we are um, raising interest rates in order to slow down the economy so that we can slow down the economy and slow down demand. So when you slow down demand, you drive down prices. But when you move people into a recession, you see companies retreating. They are freezing hiring first. Then you will hear about layoffs. Well, here we are in the month of September. The holidays are right around the corner. How many people during the holidays look for that side hustle? We know that companies like FedEx and UPS will do a holiday seasonal hiring to cover the huge demand in shipping. How much shipping is going to go up? We know it will. But how much are people going to have to spend? There have been a few things that have been concerning to major investors over the over the last few months. One of them is seeing people put less and less money away in the bank. So we are seeing a drop depletion of people's bank accounts. Very concerning. You have seen an uptick in people's use of credit cards for necessities. Now, there is – and I'm not an economist. I talk to so many people about what they look at, what their indicators are in a broad 
scale, you know, in a broad view. And one of them is not just when you're using credit cards, but what you're using them for. Sometimes if people are going into a bit of debt, I hope Dave Ramsey never hears me say this, people consider it a good thing for the economy in this sense. If you feel good about your job and your job security, your ability to pay your bills, you're making more money, you've got some discretionary income, you go on vacation, you put it on a credit card. You buy a new vehicle, you upgrade, and you'll go into debt with a car loan, possibly. Whereas when you are not, when you are concerned about your job security, you're you're concerned about paying your bills, you don't make those bigger purchases. So that's one of them. But when your credit card bills are still going up and it's being used for food and for fuel or for shelter or whatever else, that concerns people because you're going to drive up your credit limit. If you lose your job, we're going to see bankruptcies, but you're not going to have the discretionary income or the credit available to make the purchase you want at the holidays. That's what they're looking at partially. So, you know, you, know, you and I look at how do I pay my bills this week or this month? These people look out at the next six months, one year, five years, 10 years, and that's what they're planning for. And so when I watch the stock market, it isn't just for my 401k. I'm not looking at it today. I mean, I'm, I, I'll be honest with you. I think I'm probably 10 or 15 years from even thinking about retiring. I love what I do. I feel great. Uh, and I want to keep doing this as long as they'll have me. So I'm not worried in that sense. But I'm watching why they're doing what they're doing. The concern that as interest rates tick up, you're going to see a housing crunch. And what's sad about this is a year ago, people couldn't buy a home because prices were rising so fast. Now they're having trouble because they can't afford the interest rate. That's that's tough. I mean, that is what's more than tough. You know, that adds to your payment. If you go and you can go on, one of the things you can find online is a mortgage calculator. If you look at a mortgage calculator and just, you know, pick a number, pick a home at $400,000 a year and or a loan of 400000 just to be um, use round numbers, and you can calculate your interest rate. Look at it at 4% versus 6% and how it changes your payment. And for a lot of people, that that changes the amount of home you can qualify for, if you qualify at all. And people are worried, and they should be. Um, And hopefully we're going to get, we always will, we are going to get through this. But even the CEO of FedEx is saying, we think there's going to be a worldwide recession. People at the World Bank are concerned about rising interest rates could drive the entire world. If you raise interest rates too much or too fast, it's going to drive the world into recession. So uh, let's hope we are, we are walking a very fine line right now. Let's hope we come out of it the way as quickly as we possibly can. That would be the goal. In a moment, uh, we have some legislators in Arizona calling for a special session of the legislature. We'll tell you who it is and why in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Um, appreciate you being with us on a Friday. Um, if you know a Remarkable Valley teacher, we're going to talk about education in a moment. It's a great time to remind you about this. We have a, an incredible program going on here called Pay Tribute to a Teacher, and it's brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. You can nominate a great teacher, and one teacher is going to receive a check for $2,500. To nominate that teacher, just text the word TEACHER to 411 That's TEACHER to 411 
So Arizona Democrats are calling for a special session of the legislature to lift a school spending cap. Last night, I was asked to moderate, or it really wasn't much. They were very, very civil. It wasn't moderating a debate as much as it was as kind of fostering the debate and uh, um, leading the debate for seven candidates for Mesa Public Schools and the school board. And it was interesting to hear the diversity of opinions of the seven candidates that were there last night. It was put on by the Chamber of Commerce, and it was a great event. And uh, there is a def- it was a full room of people that wanted to hear what the candidates had to say. And there is a renewed interest in schools and school leadership, which I think is fantastic. Whatever your beliefs are, I think engagement is the key to success. And I think with the diversity of the candidates on the stage, there are a lot of voices and opinions to be chosen from. So I'm interested to see how it ends up. But it was an interesting time. And one of the things that came up was spending and how you know, one of the questions and I did not write the questions, but one of the questions was about how will you prioritize things when fiscal pressures happen? You have all these things to worry about. And uh, it was interesting to hear how all of the candidates answered that question. And one of the things that was brought up during that was this uh, what happens in uh, K through 12 is aggregate expenditure limits. So in 1980. There was a a spending cap that was implemented into the Arizona Constitution by virtue of a ballot initiative. And this ballot initiative caps spending for education. We have exceeded that cap last year, which meant the legislature during its legislative session had to get a two-thirds majority of the House and the Senate to vote in favor of a temporary override so the money could be spent. It was over a billion dollars. This year – It will be $1.3 billion that is already allocated for the schools but cannot be spent unless this override happens. There are those that want to go into a special session of the legislature, and they want to be able to override it completely and permanently with a two-thirds vote. And I don't think that that's going to happen. And Well, I I guess maybe it could. But right now, the Republicans hold – Not just the majority, but in this, they hold the cards. And I know everybody's going to say you can't play politics with kids and with educate. That's going to be the that's going to be the bumper sticker message. But I want you to think about the way things are done and the way politics works. And I'm not defending anybody. I'm explaining. The Republicans are saying we want accountability. We agree that good teachers should make more money. But we want accountability for the money because school boards are autonomous, which is why these school board elections are so important, because not only do they dictate curriculum, not only do they oversee the superintendent, but school boards also spend your money. They dictate how this money is spent in the district. So with that in mind, with that in mind, um, who we elect to school boards matter. So. If Republicans in the state legislature are saying we want more oversight of the dollars, we want it. We want to know the money is getting to the teachers. We want to they're going to hold out and say, if you want our vote on this override, then you're going to have to make some concessions in oversight and education. And so I believe they're going to hold strong to that, at least for quite a while. Now, the old adage is going to be out there about playing politics with kids and all this other stuff. um, And I believe that to be true. But this law is there because of our uh, our propositional form of government. It happens every legislative session. There will be pro- – or every election year. There will be props on the ballot this year. Whether you like them or you hate them, they're going to be there. And when they get implemented, nothing can change 
to make them more strict. You can make them easier. You can ease them. You can't make them more strict. You can go in the direction, but you can't go in the opposite direction of the intent of the law unless there's a two-thirds majority in both the House and the Senate. So imagine some of the laws that have been passed in Arizona. I've been here for 27 and a half years, now almost 28 years. Um, Imagine in the 28 years that I've been here that something that was passed in the mid to late 90s by virtue of the voter in a a proposition – would be obsolete now or not work. And that's exactly what's going on with this 1980 piece of legislation. Might have been good for the state of Arizona in 1980, might have been the right thing to do, but what's been created is now a political nightmare that is going to tear apart the legislature. It's going to tear apart their state when it comes to education. And, uh, you know, how they spend the money, what they do with it, all of these things are important. But, you know, when you talk about teachers, we have and we have a, a mentoring program that's coming on board for teachers, which I think is a great deal. When you have doctors that are training to be doctors and are going through their residency, they're being mentored by seasoned doctors. They follow doctors around. My doctor always has. Last time I was in his office, um, he had two med students in with him, following around, shadowing him, learning to be a doctor from a seasoned doctor, police officers. They don't hit the streets right after they graduate from the police academy. They shadow. They follow a field training officer. They go through FTO for an extended period of time before they spend any time on their own as police officer. And they're tested, and they have to meet certain thresholds. Why don't we have certain things like that for teachers? Not just graduate from them from college and boom, send them in a classroom. A real structured mentoring program. And it looks like something like that's coming on board. That's a great thing. But you are going to see now a real debate on education and what makes it a quality education. Whether you like it or you don't, it's coming. And it's coming because of a ballot proposition that passed in 1980. And it's about, I hate our propositional form of government. And this is a prime example why. So for everyone out there that when I talk about this, that says, you know, it's the will of the people and all this other stuff, the people on the other side of the political aisle from me. Now you are the ones that are getting kicked by it. This is hurting you. Something passed by the voters in 1980 is mucking up the works in 2022. It'll be 2023 in Arizona. It may have worked in 1980. It doesn't now. And it's two-thirds majority in the House and the Senate. It's going to be tough. going to be tough to get there. I'm anxious to see how it all plays out. Um, Coming up in just a moment, sad number. More than 2,000 people in the state of Arizona dead due to the opioid crisis in 2021. What's being done about it? What can be done about it? We're going to talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, it's a great idea. Never miss a minute of the show. Listen whenever you want. It's simple to do on any device you have. And I want to thank my good friend Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley, for sponsoring the podcast this week. You can get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers by going to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Uh, the opioid crisis is one we've been talking about. Fentanyl is killing people. The opioid crisis has been killing people for a long time. Part of the opioid crisis was it was found that the pharmaceutical companies were saying that it was not it was not uh, addictive, that you didn't have to worry about. That was the miracle of the opioids was that you could take opioids for pain and not become addicted. 
not become dependent. And it was found out later on that that was not true. And so there have been settlements that happened. Arizona has gotten $6 million in a grant to fight the opioid crisis. There have been 2,000 Arizonans reported dead from the opioid overdoses in 2021. So organizations are going to split this grant up that will help with the opioid crisis. Uh, among them, U.S. Vets is getting $600,000. Boys and Girls Club getting fi- just under six hundred. dollars um, Same with Maggie's Place. Same with Banner Health Foundation. Um, uh, two of their foundations each will get $600,000, Neighborhood Outreach Access to Health, Valley Hope, and others. And uh, it is it is the hope that this will drive down dependency and raise awareness for opioids. Uh, we did a story the other day that I still don't know how it could possibly be true that about 47 percent of eighth graders don't know what fentanyl is. They've never heard of it. And, and so I, I guess for me, I just think kids are aware. And uh, apparently they're not, which is why raising awareness about concerns like that. And the opioid crisis, it it happens to people all the time who are not um, someone that takes drugs. It's you take drugs for pain. If you have chronic pain, if you've ever had chronic pain or until you do, you don't understand. And it sounds very silly and lame. I don't take pain medication. I hate it. I've had surgeries and multiple surgeries, and I just don't like the way it felt. I had my lower leg kind of screwed together from a wreck. I broke my ankle bone off a couple of times when I was young. Um, And the second time it happened was severe, well, they always was, but was a pretty big surgery to screw my lower leg together. And I spent one night in the hospital with that morphine drip, and it was the worst night of my life. It was just horrible. So I don't like pain medication. Um, but for some people, it's not an option. They they can't get through their day without it. And you see people dependent on opioids, and you are seeing people then need more and more opioids, just like you do with heroin, which is an opioid, to um, to get through the day, get through the week. And good people that have never been um, – criminals in their lives found themselves shopping for opioids through doctors and when they couldn't do that anymore found themselves actually going to the street and getting opioids getting either uh, prescription drugs on the street or getting heroin and uh, that's why you saw this uptick in narcan and what cops are carrying in, in addition to paramedics trying to save people's lives so um i, I look at things like this differently than some do um uh, there's got to be punishment for crime. So if you're if you're committing crimes against people in order to feed your drug habit and you're not getting help, there's going to be a price that needs to be paid for that. I'm certainly not saying people should not have accountability for the things they do wrong. But we also have to address it in ways that show that people that are addicts many times are in a revolving door or in a cycle, a vicious cycle, that they cannot – they can't get off that merry-go-round and they need help. And I've watched close friends, um, people I love and admire that have struggled with addiction for parts of their lives and then have what sounds like or looks like it's miraculously, but it's like through really hard work and dedication and realizing that I don't want to be this anymore and going through the steps that are necessary. But what's important is that we find those steps or make those steps available to those people. I like that idea of when somebody finally wants help, they get the help that they need. Um, I don't think we have to be an either-or society in many, many ways. If you commit a crime, you should pay a price because the person you committed the crime against had nothing to do with your addiction. So there is going to be consequences for your actions. 
But when you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, this is not the person I ever imagined I would be. Well, the pharmaceutical companies are taking some responsibility for creating that to happen because you may have on doctor's advice started taking opioids at the advice of your doctor with a prescription. And what it turned into you for, into you it turned you into was being dependent. And so there's the responsibility. Now you know this is where you're at, not necessarily your fault, but yours to deal with. Let's get you some help. So I like the idea of doing this. This goes in the steps of the right direction of getting people off the streets. It, it is not going to cure homelessness, but it certainly is going to address part of the homeless population and the potential for people becoming homeless. So uh, this helps a lot of people, and I'm glad that it's out there, and I'm glad people are getting help. And, and you know, if you are someone, and I, I think more than anything when someone faces, especially if it's not in their history, it's something that's maybe the first time something like this has happened to them. Sometimes the shame of where you've ended up stops you from climbing out. And I hope that you don't feel that way if it's you. If you are struggling with anything, but especially since we're talking about this topic, if you're struggling with an addiction, um, being embarrassed, I want you to put yourself in the other person's shoes, meaning if someone were to come to you and ask you for help, wouldn't you feel privileged and honored that they trusted you enough to ask for help? Everybody would say, yes, I would do that. How many of us are strong enough and humble enough to be willing to go ask someone for help? So there's no need to be ashamed. Go get the help. It's out there. And uh, become the person you want to be. Become the person you know you are inside. And so I'm glad this is out there. Coming up just after 10 o'clock, uh, we are going to talk about now. It's something else to talk about. A special master has been named in the Mar-a-Lago raid, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to talk about what this special master is going to do. And will we get any kind of results in just a few moments?